team, family, squadron. Mm-hmm. If this doesn't sound like Easton, it's because it's not. Easton's in Las Vegas. So you've got Garth Massey starting the podcast the only way he knows how. And he's doing with the only guy that makes sense. Josh Nielsen, our guest host. But man, are we excited to have the two guests that we have today. We've got Parker Hadley Anderton, also known as Swandy, yep. and sweet, sweet Skylar Griffin, the absolute scavenger of all. Everybody buckle in. This is the third and final Golden Door campaign podcast. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, what a pleasure for me to be on the show with you today, and uh, welcome to our our fabulous guests that they, I believe they've been on the landing pad before. This well, is nothing new for these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Once or twice. They're, they're seasoned veterans. Very seasoned. Over, overly seasoned perhaps. Yeah. How are you guys doing? New Great. studio though. New studio, new vibes, new, new everything, new hair. Also Garth, I think uh, you're the only person who's ever referred to me as sweet, sweet Skylar Griffin. <laughs> That's a fact. Sweet Skylar Griffin. That's the scavenger, the sweet the scavenger. Sweet, yeah. Yeah. Kind of a, no, Hey, we are stoked to have you guys on. It was, we made a small pivot. We were going to have Nate Hawley on, but you know, sometimes we forget that the guy lives in Georgia. So I was like, okay, if I'm driving out to area and I have one more podcast, that's like that I need to listen to. That's going to help me get the job done. Dude, I, I want to hear from Skylar. So Skylar was in there with Parker and it just made sense. We are so excited mm-hmm. to have Skylar on here with Swandy. Well, let's get right into some great news. That way we can get Welcome. started. Thank you for being here. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. And, and I'm just surrounded Thank by you for me and faces. thank you for you. And we yeah. apologize for anything that Josh says before this gets started. Getting started into some great news, ladies and gentlemen. First and foremost, the uh, John Hancock Invitational is almost done. We have two days left. And it is close between a few. Well, it's actually close between all three orgs. $20,000 on the line. Look to see who wins that. That's just been a massive competition. Hey, Garth, who's uh, currently in the lead? You know, I'd have to look. I don't, I don't really know. Off the top of our head, it's, it's <laughs> too hard to say. Yeah, yeah. So look, Numbers could have changed the last mm-hmm. few minutes. You never know. Signing People are signing like crazy. Next thing, uh, we actually have the Rookie Rodeo, and they're actually auditioning right now. The actual uh, competition is the 15th, you said? Um, what did you say? I believe the 19th, but it's just... Somewhere between the 15th and the, and the 19th is close enough. We'll, so look at the Instagram. We'll get you. Look at the yeah. Instagram. Uh, that's our rookie competition where we're doing like a pitch off where, you know, we're getting the top 12 uh, rookies that are going to, or top 24. Yep. And they will be. be strapped onto some bulls. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has nothing to do with sales, but it should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully your pitches are dialed. We're excited to see who makes into the final 24. The winners win, or the winner wins, pretty sure it's Travis Scott, Lowe's. They win an iPad, they win a Segway, they win an Apple Watch, they it's win a lot of goodies. It's a ton of stuff. And the second place wins everything except a lesser pair of shoes and like no Apple. Whatever it is, it's crazy. So hopefully here we go. First place is drum roll as this loads. Okay, first place. The Travis Scott's iPad Segway S plus. You gotta have the long distance or you yeah. you know you need the doesn't make segue. sense though. Mm-hmm. And then uh, of course we got the Apple Watch and then second place, the Travis Scott Lowe's iPad Segway S plus. And the third place, Rookie of the Year, Jordan, won high. 
Great mm-hmm. shoe. Very versatile. Very. And a Segway. And, and then it keeps going. We got the fourth, fourth place, the Segway S Plus. Fifth place, the iPad. And sixth place, the Apple It's a ton Watch. of stuff. It's, it's a ton of yeah. stuff. I mean, how are your guys' rookies taking it? Are they taking it seriously? Are they going hard? Way seriously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Way they're, seriously. They're, they're our same rookies. They're going hard. They're going hard. Zero fun will be had. It no. is not a fun thing. It is not to at win. At last announcement, summer is literally around the corner. There are guys. We will have 43 knockers starting this Monday. Um... April 4th, I believe, is day one. And then from there, it goes from 40 to 150 to like 300. Summer's here. Off-season off season is done. The recruiting season, I mean, is Go, done. Goes quicker every year. <laughs> it goes it so really quick. The dogs just get hungrier to get out earlier, too. Every year, so hey, we we, we had somebody ask for Christmas from Santa that they could go out June, January first. Yeah, we said no. That being said, if you're driving out to area, please be driving safe. We love you. We are so excited for this year. Uh, let's get into the next portion, Joshi. Let's do it, please. We have some hot takes. That we do. How hot? How hot are these hot takes, Garth? <laughs> Piping hot. Garth, hit us with the, hit us with this first one. Let's hear. So first, we got the top tens. Let's hear the top tens. Let's hear first from the scavenger, Skyler himself. The sweet, sweet scavenger. And the sweet, sweet scavenger. Ten to one. Let's hear him. This is the 2023 top ten reps at the grit. Skyler Griffin. I'm going to rip him off. This was hard to do. And there's probably a few that are like honorable mention could have made it. Yep. Uh, Okay. Ten, Zach Kinzel. Nine, some new blood. Colton Remond. Eight, Alec Withers. Seven, Adam Hayrand. Six, Caleb Grundell. Five, Bennett Hayrand. Four, Chuck Mills. Three, Cody Olive. Two, Zach Seeger. Ooh. Number one, give me my guy Brock Grieve, the Screwser. Is that a hot take? The Screws that, are gone for that guy th- there, right now. There's been actually it's a take of some Brock, Brock and temperature are like going back and forth on the. Hey, on people the forget. Spot. People forget that that there are very few reps that have actually done like a lot of reps have done a Golden Door via contract value there's very few that have done a thousand accounts and brock's yep. one of those guys Thanks. yeah and brock obviously the year that uh that brock did his thousand accounts he beat seager to it by a few weeks so did he the, people people's memory is short but uh it's quick brock's brock's got everything it takes and i'm all in on that they, they both have a whole tool chest full of screws loose for sure <laughs> oh, yeah. so they, it's gonna be who can loosen a few more this summer i think might take that but yeah, no, it's it's gonna be close. I noticed, I did notice you did not have sweet, sweet Corbin Hansen in there, on purpose, or did you forget the about young, him? the young buck? No, no, he's one of the honorable mentions, mm. right? Who are the others? Uh, okay, other honorable mentions. Obviously, you, like anyone that's done a Golden Door, you can't like take off. So like Nate Hawley, of course, uh, and then other ones that I put like really close. James Fox, obviously, you always got to watch out for James, and. Uh, some I there there's some stuff cooking in the in the in the closet with Caleb Jansen. I think uh, yep. I think he might come out swinging hard. There's those, been a lot of behind the scenes. Those Jansen boys they, they don't hold back at all. They and I'll have. tell you what, James Fox, I think he could do it if he decided he wanted to. Do it, I think he I think he has it in him. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 no. deciding, and that's not it's a deciding. hot take. It's not a hot take. And I know no, he, he wants rips. it this year. All right, let's hear it from Parker Swandy Anderton. Okay, um, <clears throat> no explanation needed. I'll just go through them. Let's if I offend it. you, I apologize. But you don't. <laughs> um, so number 10, and Jack Nelson. Okay, getting okay. off his mission. That's right. right. Who is Jack Nelson? We haven't heard of that is guy Is it in actually a, a true? I've heard the rumor. I don't know if this is true. Is he actually just like ripping baptisms out in Mexico? Is that like a fact? Oh, yeah. Is like breaking records? Oh, yeah. That's actually true. 
Oh yeah, did kids a savage? Yeah, I just like heard it. It's like one of those like MTC stories you just hear, and I'm just like, did he? No, yeah, really? every one of his companions is already signed in training with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yeah, kidding. That's not a joke. I, my wife and I get a call from Jack every Monday. Hey, this is who you're meeting with this week, this week, this week. So, hey, Jack, I love uh, that. Jack, how's the workout there? And I, and what? I single the glory of God. All right, okay. Jack. How's the workout there? So, yeah, I signed three guys this week. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, so again, Jack, number 10, Adam Heron, number 9, Zach Kinzel, uh, number 8, Alec Withers, number 7, Corbin Hansen, number 6, mm. uh, Chucky Mills, the Bloodhound, number 5, number 4, Cody Olive. And to be clear, the top three, I think it's any of their game. Like, all of them are good enough to take number one. It's who wants it the most, but I'll obviously tell you who I think wants it the most. But, so, But this is 3-2-1. Yep, number 3, Bennett, number 2, Zach, and number 1, all in on Brock. Really? Like, I, I want to make a t-shirt that says Brock Reeve, number one, you know. I, I almost feel industry. like there's some insider trading. that They, they know something mm. no one else knows that, that there's some little pact. Or I don't. Oh, dude, Brock. I, I mean, mean, I know he wants it, but. No, that guy. A lot of confidence on this. He has been, like, I'll just give the, yeah, like, everybody knows me and Brock. Like, that guy, he he's crazy this year. Dude, and I look at, I look at. He's, like, ti- he's tired of, like, he's, like, actually done with not being, like, number one. No, he he's already is the best. But, but I also look back to, like, the summer that he and I were together, right, and how we pushed each other. That's another reason why I have Colton in the top 10. Colton did 715 accounts two years ago at Aptive, yeah. not being surrounded by any of the guys at the Grit. It's exciting. 715 accounts, right? It's a lot. Oh, it's a ton. And so I look at that, and I think those two are going to push and pace. And, I, you know, I, yeah. I, I see a little bit of a— It could get dangerous. Yeah, it could get way dangerous. All right, let's do a couple over-unders. So 14 Golden Doors this past year. Uh, I know Cody talks about this. A lot of people talking about, you know, what are we going to do this year as a company? What, Skyler, do you take the over or the under on 20 Golden Doors of the Grit this summer? Yeah, I'm going to take the over. And the reason why is it just feels different this year, right? It feels, I get the vibes of the the inaugural Grit year, the 2021 year when we went out and went from like four to like 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like, especially after the GPS conference, there's just so much more unity of purpose. The dogs are woken back up. Uh, there's the the sleepiness has come off the eyes. I I just feel like everyone's going in the right direction. And there's way like I I think there's honestly more unity at the company towards this goal than there's like ever been. Yeah. And so I think everyone's going to be pushing in the right direction and rowing together. So that's why I think over. And, and is it a okay. hard over or are you like is that a good number? Are you like twenty one? I think I think twenty is really good. I think, I think considering, let's not forget, we got how many Golden Door guys not, yeah, uh, not like going to pull summer, four, four or five guys uh, not on that. So this is Which, replacing. So it, this is really re- losing the four or five, hopefully, that, and not hopefully, they are going to have a huge impact on their teams as they travel, train, visit. That's what and I'm And then like basically what, doubling those 10. Yep. Because guess what that means, right? All those guys that aren't on the doors anymore, guess who's listening to pitches, listening to recordings, yep. giving tips, encouraging. Like all the guys that have gotten golden doors before are now more available than ever to coach and help other guys get there. And Absolutely. just uh, really quick on that, like I've heard so many people talk about it, like, oh, you're retired. Just to be way clear to the whole world, like we are not retired. I'm playing, I'm, I know Skyler, myself, Drew, like, dude, we're planning on working more and harder and going harder for the guys than we ever have. Like, so to anyone that thinks that stepping off the doors is retirement, dude, it's it's go time. Hell Yeah. I think that's so big. Absolutely. Dude. I love that. All right, Parker, over under 20. Um, I think over for sure. Okay. No questions asked. Um, I, I'll throw a second plug in there. I think we'll have over 12 in our org. Well, How we'll many s- last year? Um, seven. I'm not going to. When six. I was listening to your guys, I was listening and I was like, 
okay, their org, their org, their org. And like, I was going to say something, but I'm just like, oh, like actually like, yeah, that's that, six that, last year. That could be the top 10 for sure. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, that actually could totally, like, I'm not calling, maybe there's some bias there, but I'm like, that totally could be the top 10, which is, which is why and that's just your org. I also bet heavy on my guys. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, you got to No, And I think actually like for all the reps and all the different people that listen to this and like, Oh, thank goodness, dude. Drew, Parker, Skyler, Calvin, McKay. Like, they're off the doors this year. They just wait. Here they go. They're going to fall down. Like, like the, that actually gave me chills what you guys were just both saying. Like, that actually gave me chills. Of like, oh, yeah. oh, you thought that, yeah, you thought that, like, four or five of the best guys are getting off the doors. No, no. Yeah, like, technically, they're not knocking full time. But you should be more scared now. I mean, now, hopefully, they take some guys that were at, like, 500K and push them to 650. So, those four, realistically, turn into 10. I cannot imagine how hard those guys go in the doors all summer while managing a team, training, doing all the logistics, all the stuff, then ripping, going out, selling 10K plus a day, and not taking all that energy and focus and and resources and everything and putting that all into their guys. Spooky. I, I, I see 0% chance that, that there's a downturn in resources yep. going to leading their guys it will be in a different yep. dynamic for sure oh, but I, I just see what like easton and jackson were able to do last year and like i don't know why it's now just hitting me that like freak now we have seven easton and jacksons that are like gonna be out there because when those guys travel it moves the needle huge when those guys do phone calls it moves the needle like now we got seven of those guys you, you could literally go back right. in the and look at the numbers over the course of summer Spikes. you're like that's the day they went yep. and it went up that week and continued to go from there. Well, you talk about compound interest, right? As being like the seventh wonder of the world or eighth wonder of the world. We're now at this point where we're starting to hit compound interest on golden doors, right? Yeah. We went from four to 10 to 14 and now you got other guys stepping off. And so we can just pour back into our guys and help recreate more leaders, recreate guys that can get it done. Yeah. That's There's just spooky. never been a better time to actually go which, for it. Which I so just must say, it is interesting. A lot of people like they, and there's tons of different ways to lead, right? And hopefully, and this is like my own theory, I want to do for our people, my people, what I think is going to yield the best total net result of influence. Mm -hmm. If that's, you know, last year for Drew, for example, being out there leading a team, that was the best thing you could, the do. Best thing you could have done. But when you get to a certain size, right? Like you, you, yeah, you could have a heavy influence on one, maybe two teams, whatever. But at a certain point, right? It's doing that. What happens a lot though is in the industry, you see people that are like, dude, like, I don't know if it's the ego thing or whatever, but they're like, dude, I just need to be the guy who goes and sells this. And it's like, well, yeah, that's really cool. And yeah, you can influence that team or whatever. But ultimately, when it's time to grow, there is a way grow. to do that that is widespread to all of your people. And so anyway, yeah. congratulations on everything you guys done. I think Gar we, we, let's give a little background in these guys. These guys have oh, done I'm some, go I'm going into it some right now. wild stuff. Let, let's get right into the meat and potatoes, right? Like, uh, let's start with our boy, uh, Parker here, 2014 summer, went out, didn't sell the full summer right before his great L two-year LDS mission, uh, went out and sold 152 accounts, 430 contract value, 65K in rev, came back, did 300 accounts, 500 contract value, 150K. The next year jumped to 600 accounts. This was your first year, correct me if I'm wrong, with like yeah, Green Josh X, with Josh and the whole, the whole squad. Uh, 600 accounts, 535 ACV, 320 uh, in rev. The next year, 619, 620 contract value, 383 in rev. The next year, 622, 692 uh, contract value, 430 in rev. The next year, 734 accounts at an 837 
614K in rev. Then this last year, got that golden door. Um, you did 854 accounts out of 770. Actually, you did two golden doors. So it was 550 the year before that. Mm-hmm. So you did 665K in rev this last year. As for Skyler, 2016, 155 accounts, 69K in rev. Then you switched to the dark side, sold some direct TV for a summer. Sure did. <laughs> As you can see, he was only there for a year. I don't even have those stats, but hey, it only lasted a year, so we'll move on from there. The next year, uh, first year with Green X with the guys, 370, about 200K in rev. The next year, 640, 377 in rev. The next year, 567 with a bigger contract value, about 400K in rev. 2021, and this is what we're going to talk about, 1,112 accounts, did $826,000 in rev. This last year, did 487 accounts with 1,080 contract value, did 526K in rev. So you guys, hopefully you guys already get the feeling that we are sitting down with two of the most elite reps to ever knock doors. And, and, and even before you said, what I wanted to say is like, Dude, I say knocking doors as like, it's like, a, you guys are some, we sit down with the best door-to-door salesman in the world. Like, I don't even think we understand Maybe the that. universe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Not verified, universe. but I'm going to just guess that it is as but, well. But right, like, that's kind of crazy. Like, we're like, oh, we're the best in the space. No, you guys are like some of the best in the world at selling door-to-door, which is kind of cool to think about. And that we get to sit down with guys like you on a, on a weekly basis, I think is just awesome. What do you say? So... Just as you're going over those numbers year over year, it's so interesting, especially with these two. There are specific, um, there there are some really elite reps in the industry, right? Guys that are just rip. But there's a difference between someone who inherently, like, they started good yeah. or really, really great even. And that's just who they are and how they are. And they're just top level performers. Yeah. and And they've had it. What's interesting looking at these and it's like, you know, like when you're talking about Parker's the first three or four years, almost exactly. He's doubling his summer every single year. Yeah. And what's so cool, especially for the guys that get to whether they're in uh, your guys organization or just get to work with you as you do. um, It's interesting that people that have done that and have known what it's like to go from 155 accounts to 320 accounts or whatever, and then to 600 accounts when you have been not not just like performed at that level or uh like just been elite right like like corbin hansen for example is unbelievable dude he's a freak he's insane and and to many rookies may feel maybe not like like yeah it's a great example and like it's cool but it's like dude i don't know how relatable that is one of the cool things for both of you guys is where you've gone through every one of those levels and pushed yourself and work when you're training you can say hey Dude, what it what it looks like when you go from 155 accounts to 320? These are the changes specifically that I made. This is what I learned. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think it's so valuable that these are guys that have progressively made adjustments, learning from better people to where dude they are at the top and yeah. and can really make that translate. And just really quick, uh, it just makes me think of my very my rookie year, dude. I, I sold in an office where James Graves, um, who's adaptive, he's really lean in there. And I remember a specific phone call uh, talking to my parents like, yeah, he's just born with something that like, if you're not born with it, it can't happen. You don't have it. And and it's funny because looking back, like I would have never, ever in a million years thought I'd be sitting in the seat I'm in. And I think that's just a way good lesson. Like no matter where you start in sales, um, dude, you can become whatever you want. You can write your own story. 
And that story will change year over year because you just start to believe more and more that you can become something great. And so again, if you're out there and you're thinking that we're something different, like we started out, well, dude, I actually way worse. even before let's before you even finish that thought, dude, I'm going to ask you this first question. Anyone that knows Parker has seen you go through a transformation this year in specific, right? Like, dude, you've always been like you, but this year we've all felt like Parker Anderson has leveled up. And I don't mean just physically. I mean, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, he looks he looks great. Will the real Slim Swandy please stand up? (laughs) Not just physically, but emotionally, as well as like a leader and a partner at The Grit, right? But talk to us about the mindset shift that you have made these last few months and what results or what, you know, fruits you have seen come from it. It's a great question. Um, Dude, a big thing for me was having a kid. Um, I'm trying to get emotional. Uh, For so long, it's okay to be like average, right? Like I feel like at a lot of things and... I just got to a point in my life where I felt like I was floating. I felt like I was average. I don't feel like I was someone that, you know, added a ton of value in different areas. And dude, I just remember like getting so down on myself for everything, dude. It's like, I would want to wake up early and then I'd wake up late and beat myself up on it and be like, I'm never going to be able to get up early. Just all these little things started stacking. And I dude, I just got to a point in my life where I'm like, you know what? Like no one wants to be an average dad, dude. No one right? No one wants to be an average husband. And I think that we all float into that average category at times. So a huge thing for me this year was just understanding that like who I am is not who I'm going to be forever, but it will be if I don't make changes. Right. Um, I did something called 75 hard. I actually just finished yesterday. Dude, it was life-changing for me. Not even because of, um, like the physical side. I, I was looking for something to just really push me in every way. 75 hard is way challenging. It's way inconvenient, but dude, to be, to be able to be a dad and do 75 hard, you had to make sacrifices. You had to be really good at your time. And so I guess the point that I'm trying to make, right, is for me, it was 75 hard. It just, it was this catalyst. One change in my life changed everything. It made me take work way more serious. It made me realize like, dude, this can be a job or it can be a career, but if it's a career, I need to step up and act like it's a career. And you know, it made me be again, a more intentional dad. It's like, Hey, I got two workouts to do every day. So that means I have to calendar the time I'm with my daughter and I got to try and be all in when I'm there. And, you know, just all these little things started stacking up. And so I guess the, the applicable thing that I would say to everyone is dude, it doesn't have to be 75 hard. Sometimes we go through these ruts in life and the best way to change is to do something. One little change can be a catalyst to changing your entire life. And I will say like, I feel like the last six months for me has been the, some of the most growth, like personally, emotionally, physically, like everything. Right. And it started with one decision. It was like, I'm going to do 75 hard. And to be clear, like I failed it four times before I started, I actually did it with Garth one time and yeah, we didn't laugh. We failed <laughs> 7.5 um, hard. And I just realized that like, for me, 75 hard was not just a challenge. It was like, I'm going to prove to myself. I'm, I don't care if it takes me 500 days. Every time I fail, I'm going to restart till I'm done. Yeah. I'm going to prove to myself I can finish things. And again, I could say for an hour and I won't, but I could tell you about all these other changes that came from this one little thing that I did. So my, my advice Love to you, that. if you're selling or doing anything else is sometimes just doing one thing will be this catalyst to change everything else. Yeah. Take the Love first that. step. No, that's, that's you didn't even talk about. And it doesn't have to be a kid either. Yeah. I don't recommend you just go have a kid either. To make I think Amazon has a sale though right <laughs> now though. But no, that's so big, dude. I think this making the decision, because everybody has seen it, and I think if you have a minute to sit down with Parker, talk to him about it as well, because it's about making the decision, but not just making the decision, because how many people start 75 hard? So many. I don't even call it 75 hard. I call it like 30 hard, 
because most people get day 30 and they're like, okay, I'm like, I'm good. Like, I, I, this was stupid. Why did I start this? The people that actually do it, dude, you see a change. And I think that's, that's absolutely, that's huge, Parker. Moving over to our guy, sweet Skylar, the scavenger, Griffin. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, Skylar, you have had, I would say, a not typical uh, kind of entry into this door-to-door game. And um, so the background is Skylar was preparing to go to dental school, had a 3.99 GPA. Yeah. I got that's one two. Minus. That's like two point mm. five full points higher than I had. <laughs> well, when you were in school, <laughs> exactly. Uh, graduated summa cum laude, tested in the 99th percentile on the DAT, and mind you, midsummer in Detroit, knocking doors, ripped that summer, and took the took like he would study. I remember we were out there. It was his first year with us at Green X Selling, and literally he would he would study all day eat lunch, study in the afternoon a little bit, and then crank out, get it there at like 5 o'clock, leading a bunch of reps, go out, rip, and and got in the 99th percentile on the DAT. And was accepted into a ton of schools and uh, and had his choice of where he wanted to go. Yeah. And he got into, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, the used dental program. Yep, that was Which is, choice. if you're, you know, like, if you're like Skylar, it has a very hard thing to do. I mean, there's tons of people live here, want to go there, and it's incredible. So, I mean, so Skylar... Uh, I got one of these for you. A little Smarties I thought Smarties. was very appropriate. Yeah. Um, it's all he eats, actually. It's, you, it's, you, it's the, par- you didn't go into Parker. Uh, I'm good on mm, <laughs> Let's see. I can give him, like, two. I think that would be, like, the pro rata. There you go. Um, but, so, Skylar, you obviously were making this decision. Cool, dude. You got into all these schools. You grinded to get into the, the places and programs that you wanted to. And then, did you just pulled the plug, plugged in a different plug that was door-to-door. Why did you decide to make that switch and and how has that decision affected your life? Yeah. If you want a little bit more of the details, my my first landing pad podcast goes into it a little bit more. But the the two questions that kept coming back and what really like the whole decision hinged upon was what do I want? Right? So getting crystal clear on like what I actually wanted. Did I want to be a dentist? Did I want to be an orthodontist because I wanted that? Or was it because what that would get me? Mm-hmm. And was it something else, right? And then what is the quickest and most fulfilling way to get there? And for me, I realized I didn't necessarily want to be an orthodontist. I wanted the lifestyle. I wanted the freedom, the flexibilities, the the you know the nice things that came with it. And then when I started seeing all these examples of guys around me who were making it happen way quicker and doing something that I thought was really fun, just being able to work with like all of your best friends, it's, it made me start wondering. And eventually that was just the the path that I chose to take. Now, looking back, that was four years ago. I would, I would be just about to graduate dental school right now. Still have another three years of school to go to get to an orthodontist. I'd, I'd have a ton of debt. Uh, I look back now and and for me, it was the best decision that I ever made. Uh, not only financially, but I look at my life now and I have a ton of freedom, both financially and mostly with my time. I work with my best friends, which is one of the biggest things ever. Like I feel, I feel fulfilled in what I do. I feel like there's purpose. And now looking at, at, at the organization that, that we've been able to build at the grit and Parker and I in our region, just the amount of impact and 
tangible effect that I'm able to see in the butterfly effect, the ripple effect on people that I get to work with and hopefully help uh, achieve their goals way quicker. Uh, it's astounding. Right. And I look back at that and it's, it's the best thing that I ever could have done. And I'm just really grateful that I'm, that I'm here and that I'm still doing it. It's amazing. Just on that note, Skyler, like, is there one tiny piece of advice for people in your shoes where, cause a lot of people have this, right? Like they're either in a major that they're trying to figure out what they want to do for a career, but doing this as a side thing or, you know, kind of feeling out, is there a certain like piece of advice that you would give people to sort how they want to yeah. tackle that question? Yeah. Ask yourself the same question like really get crystal clear on what it is that you want. And if you want to be a doctor because you really like love that and you love helping people through that, then for sure, go do that. Right. Or if you want whatever it is that you want, but just find out what you want. And then remember this, like greatness is transferable across industries, talents, fields, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And so the reason I was so good at at school was because that's where I dedicated all of my time, effort, energy right? It's the 10,000 hours principle to become a master at something. I studied way more than all my friends did. I focused way more on that than everyone else did. So I was good at that. And then when I went all in on, on this, I just transferred that focus, energy, talent into this and became great at that. So greatness is transferable. It's not like you're just going to be great at one thing. We need to put that on a shirt. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Greatness is transferable. Yeah. You can, you can take it somewhere else. It just depends on where you're focusing your energy. That that was great. Parker for you a little, you know, other things besides just the sheer number of accounts you've sold. You are also a four-time Rumble champ. We'll talk about that in a second. Hey, no fighting. Anybody, no, no, no. calm down. Three and a half for, you know, whatever you want to say. Uh, two-time Golden Door winner, uh, senior partner, uh, a partner of an organization of over 400 reps currently. Wow. Right? Although it sounds like you've had it easy and things have kind of just fallen into place for you, um, what did it require to get to the point that you are now? It's a great question. I want to pull up a quote um, while while I'm you know articulating this. Something to go off kind of like what Skyler just said is the first inform first thing to remember is do greatness is a process. Um, Skyler may have been great at, at school, like I wasn't great at this, so I didn't have necessarily something right off the bat to transfer, mm-hmm. right? Um, and everyone has skills, but it's working on those things that you don't have at the beginning. So to give you an idea, right? When I started, dude, I. I didn't know if this was going to be a career for me. I just knew like I sucked at school <laughs> and like I wanted, I love being around people. And so to answer the question of like what it took, um, I think it'd be super easy to like listen to this podcast, hear the accolades and just think like, wow, he's had it super easy. Like, dude, it has been tough. Um, I can think of years, dude, where like I would dude cry because dude, I, I was embarrassed, embarrassed that I wasn't recruiting well, embarrassed that like my friends were recruiting well around me. Um, dude, I, I felt shame that like, I'm like, dude, I don't have a backup plan, but I, even my current plan, I'm not, you know, fully making happen. So, um, again, year four, I, I had zero reps. Um, I basically got like, you know, so fed up with just recruiting and having people fall off and recruiting and falling off that I just gave up, dude. And that's like embarrassing. I don't want to be known as someone who gives up, but I gave up and I was like, cool, dude, I'll just be the rep that just sells. Yeah. Um, and dude, even like that next year, dude, it was super hard to see all my friends, see the impact that they had on reps, see the income that they helped people achieve. And I was just the guy that like just sold. Right. So I made a decision, you know, four years in, which again, if you're a rep that's brand new or you're dude, you're four or five, six years in, like, dude, I made a decision. I said, Ben, ben had a conversation with me. He's like, dude, at some point, Parker, dude, it's like, 
excuses are going to be there. They're probably valid, but like, dude, just, you got to either get rid of them and make it happen or just do, do something else. So I remember making the decision like, okay, this is it for me. I am doing it. I don't care if I'm, you know, going to Home Depot and picking off employees there. Or if I'm, you know, like I'm going to find recruiting. If, if I'm going to go to Sonic and, you know, anywhere that I could find. I was like, I'm going to find, I'm going to knock doors. And I remember that year, dude, I did probably like 15 booths. I don't think I got a single person from them. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, did, I knocked actual doors in Provo. And I, I said, you know what? I, there's no more like can I do it? It's, I will literally, it has to happen one way or the other. It's going to happen. And dude, that was just the start. And then it was four more years of grinding, not getting the results I wanted, having reps fall off, like just so much pain, dude. And then I got married and then I had to be, dude, now it's like, I have to show up for my wife and I feel like I am just failing her dude. And so waking up in the morning and being like, yeah, I got to go to work where I have way less guys than I should. I've put in all this work. I'm, and so I would just say to everyone, like greatness is a process right? It's, it's not something that happens overnight. One quality that I've tried to, um, hold true to my heart is to show up. People will say that showing up is not half the battle. I'm here to tell you it is dude. I showed up every day, regardless of my feelings, regardless of my emotions, regardless of how embarrassed I was. And I just showed up. And if you look at my numbers, dude, I got a little bit better every year because I knew I could control that. And I think that this, the universe favors those who are consistent, who knew who work hard. So yeah, I had years that like weren't as good, but over the course of it, like it's all evened out and I'm so grateful to be where I'm at and just want to share this quote really quick from Tom Brady. If anyone knows me, knows I'm a huge He's a football guy, right? Huge sports guy. Um, there's this quote and I'll bleep out the things that it says. It's, he says, I don't give a beep if you're first round, if you're a first round pick, I was 199th. If you get a chance to be on the field, don't mess it up because you may never get a second one. So yeah. And dude, that just a, piggyback off that like that is such a fact in the sense that we just had Matt Gay on right the homie never grew up kicking football there was like a four-star recruit when he was starting at the U right that guy missed one one uh field goal never saw the field again because guess who came in and started just draining the field goals Tom Brady <laughs> Tom Brady yeah <laughs> but it's like yeah you don't know dude you get one shot sometimes and you cannot afford to ruin that and then another thing I hate hearing people that are like Oh, dude, Parker and Scott, they just got lucky. Or like, oh, they just got lucky. It's like, dude, they, yeah, he got, what are we even talking about got lucky, dude? The, you know, the definition of luck, what is it? It's like when opportunity, opportunity creates, meets hard work, right? No, so. opportunity, what is it? Hard work meets opportunity. It's really good, it's, I bet. I bet it's up. amazing. The harder, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah, yeah well, dude, exactly. Most of the people that would say that we're lucky probably haven't been doing this as long as we have. We've yep. busted our asses for seven years. Yeah. Well, preparation meets opportunity. There you That's go. That's what it is. You know what's a crazy thought? You, you know, Tom Brady went 199th. You quit and then got back on the horse. How many reps in this industry could be doing what you guys are doing had they made the decision? How many football players or athletes or, or artists or whatever it is, people that are passionate about something that quit? How many of those greats do we not have in yeah. the world doing what they do that, are, that have given up on themselves? I mean, I can't imagine... But, but that is the battle that really matters. The one, the like, it's like Jimmy Rex said at the G GPS conference, it is the way you talk to yourself, right? It's that inner conversation. Speaking of that, let's move on um, to this next question. Skyler, uh, so summer sales is hard. Apparently, um, I don't know, Skyler, like a lot of people think summer sales is hard. If you can believe that. True. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 
but we, we want to get a little vulnerable on this podcast and um, talk a little about even the most elite reps that a lot of people might look at and say, hey, dude, this guy just got it figured out. This is like, they don't deal with the problems that I deal with. I've got these things at home or, or these, you know, battles I face when I go out to sell. Uh, you know, you went from selling over 1,100 accounts in 2021 and then the following summer, this past summer, went and sold 487 accounts in Detroit. What did you learn from that summer, th this last summer, and what are you excited to change in your teams this year? Yeah, uh, accountability hour, right? I I totally sold myself short this last year. And what I learned, especially after being at our GPS conference, hearing Calvin talk about the A plus B equals C, and if you focus on the results so much more than the obstacle pile, like that's the only thing that you can focus on. And so I fell into the, the common trap of, oh, well, two things. One, oh yeah, I've already done 1,100 accounts. Like I'm going to go out there and get it done again. It's a walk in the park. Like I've already done it, you know? And then two, uh, fell into the trap of like, oh, like I've got a really big team this year. There's a lot of guys that switched over from different companies. I have to make sure that they provide the best experience, that I provide them the best experience. And so I took a lot of that on me and, and to the point where I would, I would almost use that as an excuse of like, okay, cool. I got to make sure that these routes are which done. Is, which is, which, which it is more work. It is harder. It is quote unquote valid. Right. 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 Yeah. Valid. But the thing that I look back on now, right? Like I look at like Drew's summer. And he utilized the tools way more than I did. He used Jake Hamilton for reschedules. He used other guys like that were available for that stuff to actually so that he could focus on leading the team from the front and selling the most where I like was like, OK, cool. Well, I can do that other stuff for my guys where where you have to utilize the tools that are available. But the biggest thing is that, that I've like learned, right, is if you are out on a team managing the number one and only thing that you can focus on is getting is leading from the front and selling the very most that you can so that your reps see it and that they believe that they can do it themselves right that's mm -hmm. the number one thing and eventually there will come a time when you're not on the doors and you can really provide the experience for your reps but i look at my 1100 account summer and i look at my this last summer right i would say that the that the the reps on my team that i sold 1100 accounts had just as good if not a better experience being on that team with me, even though I was maybe more focused this last summer on like providing the experience, literally just by selling the most and helping my guys believe in themselves the most, I was able to actually like provide an even better experience by doing that. So just don't follow if you're if you're running a team this summer, like don't use that excuse. Don't use that excuse. Go get it done. Skyler, you've um, kind of to follow up with that. You you've worked at a few different companies outside of you know working with the grit being managed by you know great leaders good leader great leaders you know as people that maybe don't perform like what's the inverse effect of that where where people don't lead from the front what what would you say like is the the feeling within that team generally yeah the the general belief level of the team goes down right you we see it all the time like it's not like an exact fact but you typically see that like the average reps typically are about or like the average numbers of reps on a team is typically about half of what the top performer is doing on that team right uh or something like that it goes it goes yeah, longer yeah. right and so 
I think like overall morale goes down, right? When you're not like giving your very best effort, uh, that's like the inverse of it, right? You, and, the, and then all of a sudden that creates new problems that you're trying to deal with. And that creates more issues that you're trying to deal with as a manager to try and boost morale. And like, you just have to go out and just give your all and give your maximum. It's, uh, it made me think of, I can't remember uh, who originally said this, but it's like when in, in door-to-door sales, summers is the, or sales is the cure. Yeah. Like it, it really is, you know, it's it like, Bridger. it's like, dude, if you don't, if you, yeah, I think it was Bridger Thomas. Um, great guy. Great guy. Rowdy guy. Great mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. He, <laughs> uh, but, but the thing is, it's like people, if they don't have that belief, morale just slowly just dies and dies and dies and and it's it's crazy to see that those numbers are are, hold so true uh i think aptive it was like over the course of all the years they've done it that almost exactly the production of the manager their team will be about half that production yeah and and i'm even saying something right like it's not like Skyler, like absolutely like sh- the bed. Dude, you did 530k in rev. It's like we're like at, we're it's like, not bad. We're talking like oh was, no, like he still led from the front. Did 526k in rev. So like let's not get there. But I love the first point that you made, dude. Winning doesn't owe you anything. Like you went out and crushed it the previous year. It's like you've got to go into the next year with like oh like that those 1100 accounts don't mean a damn thing. You got to go harder. You got to go harder. You can't have everyone starts at zero. I literally I remember last year yeah. we broadcast Drew Hansen, Skylar Griffin, Parker Anderson, Cody, you see all these guys. They're all zero. Zero accounts, just like the rookie who signed this afternoon. Yep. And Bennett said this on his podcast. He's like, dude, same mountain. Everybody gets taken to the bottom of the mountain and it's a race to the top. Every single year it's all the same mountain. So I absolutely love that, Skylar. I, I think that is And Garth, just yeah. really quick one to speak on what Skylar said too. Like I think it's so common in this industry to like have that excuse. And I think the important thing Josh actually taught me or used to say this all the time. The problem with most excuses is they're valid, right? Facts. So when, when, when managers are saying, right, like, yeah, dude, the reason I didn't sell well or sell as good is because I was doing all these things. Like that's a valid excuse. Like you do have more on your plate. What we embody and what we want to continue to embody at the grit is it's like, dude, the best type of leader is that has all that extra stuff and still performs. And dude, that teaches guys something forever. Yeah, dude, life doesn't get easier. I've learned it gets harder. Yeah, you get more things on your and plate, then you die at the end, literally. And, and dude, there's just so many things that stack up on top of it. And dude, you can teach reps as a leader that like, dude, no matter what gets stacked up, you can still go out and be your very best. And so, um, yeah. I just think that to all leaders within the grit and with outside of the grit, like if you're leading a team, dude, you better expect yourself to be the number one in the office because, dude, respect is influence. And you, or if you have respect, you have influence. Dude, you just can't get, you can get respect, but you can't get the full level of respect if you're not just out there. But, 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 but what is equally as true and maybe even more powerful is when you don't have respect, you still have influence. Totally. And it is this negative contagious energy that is the worst thing you could have within your team. Yep. hundred percent. Now, Parker, last, well, second, last question for you. It's, uh. There's the rumble, this thing called the rumble oh, that we that we cue the song, Mark. love, hate, love. You know, it is it's a love hate relationship. I only love we, it. Man. We all know what the rumble is. We know what it means to the company. And like I previously previously said, you haven't just won it once. Whose blood pressure just went up? Once, everybody listening, I'm sure. <laughs> once, twice, three. times. You've literally your teams have won the rumble four times, and you spoke to the principle of showing up at the GPS. So speak to us on how showing up 
has helped you and your teams win the Rumble and what it required every year. And, and really quick, Parker, for those who are not familiar with the Rumble, maybe like a one-second little thing on what yeah, that is. So the Rumble is a team-versus-team competition, uh, which is, that is what it is, right? And I think it's so cool because, dude, anyone can show up for themselves for one day if you're playing against someone else and you can only control you, right? Dude, team-versus-team competitions, like I, I never played like really competitive sports, and I always was, dude, I'd watch people lose a game in a championship and cry on the sidelines and never understood that, right? Never understood what it meant to like... Like, dude, you watch these NFL players that, dude, after the team ends, they they force themselves to sit there and watch the other team win, right? Because there's just this, like, emotion that happens when it's a band of people doing something together. So the Rumble, to me, uh, first and foremost, has always been way bigger than just some competition. Obviously, the point of competition is to drive production, and it has that, but it's never been about that for me. Dude, It it's like this feeling that i can't describe when you are with a bunch of other people with a common goal with things stacked against you and dude going at it and and working hard and then just being proud of where wherever you fall is just the most amazing thing in the world um so what was the question again as far as like right. did you or did you not <laughs> smash a toilet in a parking lot of an apartment with a sledgehammer before the rumble when you sold i think 21 accounts that day. Did you or did you not? 29, but yes. 21 <laughs> the second day. No, like, forgive me. What What does it cost, right, to win the Rumble? Like, yeah. What, what would you tell all the team leaders, everybody that's like listening to this, like emotionally preparing for the Rumble? What did it cost? Well, here's what I'll say, dude. Look at Tom Brady, dude, 199th. Dude, he is not like the favorite as far as like athletic ability, like, you know, his stats. Like, dude, and even if you look at Tom compared to other like quarterbacks, stat for stat dude he's not who would be favored just off of stats right what tom brady has is that he had he had a hunger he wanted it more than anyone else so he wasn't going to let even his own physical abilities get in the way so i think with anything in life whether it's the rumble a personal goal uh you know in the summer or a goal in your life dude it's just you got to want it so bad I have never wanted something more that I can think of than to win the Rumble this year. Dude, first day of the team, I said, hey, guys, we're winning the Rumble. And we changed dude, we, we changed our, our name on our Instagram. Right in the tagline, it still says it, 2022 Portland Rumble Champs, right? Um, and I couldn't just want it. That's the problem. That's what's so fun about a team thing is it didn't matter if I wanted it. The team had to want it, right? And, dude, to us, I think the reason that we won isn't because we were the best, Dude, stats will show you we like we weren't the best over the course of the summer, right? But, dude, we wanted it the most. We were waking up at 4 a.m. We were driving two hours. Dude, we were meeting in a parking lot at 6 a.m. Dude, there was people in tears, right? Like, <laughs> just... dude, it, it was like, it was the it was the Super Bowl for us. And we wanted it. And I remember a rep calling me. Um, so, to be clear, we should not have won this year. Like, in the sense of, dude, we were not favored. Uh, there was a point where we were actually in the seeding round with two day or three days left. We were seeding into there's three divisions. We were seeding into the bottom division, mm -hmm. right? Rep called me. He's like, Hey dude, why don't we just like seed into the middle or bottom? Cause we'll just like sweep that. Right. And obviously that, that thought came to me and it was like, uh, you know, kind of played around with it. And I just realized I'm like, dude, why would we shoot for anything but greatness? Why would we change our goal? basically said some colorful words and it's like nope not interested in red that. yellow purple and so we go out right and that week we had 10 less people knocking that were counting against us dude there was so many things and we just decided let's go out and do it as a team and it wasn't a one person effort dude everyone stepped up dude we wanted it so bad literally so bad we thought about it we dreamed about it so 
what does it take, dude? It takes lots of sacrifice. It was sacrificing yeah. sleep. It was sacrificing, dude, sometimes our pride and realizing like, yeah, we might be down and there might be no reason why we can't, why we can make it in or win. But the worst, the, a guaranteed way, way to lose was to believe that we couldn't win. Yeah. Guaranteed way to yep. lose anything in life is to just believe you can't do it. So step one was we just believed regardless of what the data. So dude, if you're in the middle of your summer and you're 400 K off your goal, guaranteed way to not hit your goal is to start believing you can't do it. Guaranteed. We just decided we're going to believe up until it's over. And even then we'll still believe. So believe in yourself. Hey, Swandy, um, as you're talking, one of the studio lights here, like it, it hit this little glimmer on your pinky and I just, it kind of blinded me for a second. I saw a little, like four little diamonds. What, what is that? Yeah, just dude, this ring, it's funny. This ring is like, I will never lose this. <laughs> what is it? Uh, it's a rumble ring, dude. It says, you know, the great rumble champions. It has four diamonds in it, symbolic of the four rumbles that we've run, that we've um, won. Dude, to me, this is like something that I wear. It, dude, it means so much to me because it's not a ring, dude. It's a symbol of a group of people who had everything stacked against them, who believed against all odds when I, I don't think anyone believed in them and went out and made it happen. And that's something that I'll take with me forever. Something I'll teach my kids and hopefully something that the guys that worked with me that they'll be able to, you know, lean on that experience forever that, dude, it's not a sales thing. The way you do anything is the way you do everything. So the way we showed up in the rumble is how we're going to show up in every aspect of our lives. Love that. Um, as you're talking, Parker, it made me think of, I, I can't even over the 10 years now, a whole decade of doing this, which is wild. But every single year in Garth, I'm sure you've experienced, and you guys as well, one of your recruiters will come up to you and be like, bro, you got to meet this guy. He is dialed, bro. His pitch is unbelievable. Rookie of the year right here. <laughs> How many times? <laughs> and what ends up happening, dude, is it doesn't matter. Dude, I, I, Wills, Wills, my brother, came up and introduced me to some kid, Andrew Carter, stud. I do think will be a top rookie. But I said to both of them, I'm like, look, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that, and that may be the case, but I will tell you this. The rookie of the year or the top rep on your team or the Golden Door guys or whatever, it isn't about who has the best pitch. It's not even kind of. It is about who decides they're going to do it, and when it gets hard, who does it. And it's similar to what you're saying, and I remember Ben he always says this. The team that wins the Rumble is the one that can become the most unified and and absolutely deliver in those two weeks. And, um, and, and I just think it's, that is transferable again across everything. It's not the people that are the smartest or the best or the most athletic. There's tons of those everywhere. And many cases they'll rely on that, but they don't have what it actually requires to be the best because that, what is going to be asked of you is that you get uncomfortable. You do things that are hard, even on to your standard and, um, you know, I, Car Parker, congratulations. Thank you. I did, uh, you know, I was, I was believing in that team and you guys absolutely, the only one. despite all odds, you, you really did it when yeah. on paper, and, and, not the team. And just, I'll be real quick with this, dude. It's so crazy when you think about, cause it's not a sales thing. Again, these principles transfer to everything. I realized why I'd failed 75 hard three times like when me and Garth tried it together. It's because I didn't really want it. It was no. just something that other people did that was cool. I remember reading a book that kind of like Skylar said, dude, you got to sit down, whatever your goal is, life, marriage, your relationships, work, 
and really spend the time to understand why you want that thing. And I sat down and really got deep on my why for 75 hard. And that's why I finished, dude. Just yep. like the rumble, because I finally actually wanted it and knew why I wanted it. Hey, it's facts. you know what? For all our listeners out there, we're going to do something really quick. This is a little different, a mm. little, little different activity here. Mm. We're going to have about 10, 15 seconds and think about what that why is. Think about what you actually want. And I want us all to participate in this. Please. And don't be too cool for this, guys. A lot of you are listening. Seriously. Don't be too cool. Do it. We, Unless we make the time to do it, let's take a few few seconds. Maybe we get some elevator music. Mark, we'll see. Um, but uh, think about what it is that you want this summer. A lot of you are probably driving out. A lot of you are prepping. Let's just take 20 seconds and think about that. Okay, now just go do it. <laughs> it's that easy. It's done. You did the hard part. You showed up. You did the goal. Done. All right. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you, Parker. Skyler, so um, in closing, we probably got, you know, at least of our reps, 100 reps listening to this and, and across the industry, uh, people tuning in that that have a goal this summer to do a golden door uh, in 2023. You've done it. You know what it takes. Uh, and you know how hard it truly actually is beyond just, just you know, for those that said, I'm doing it this year. Okay, cool. Well, what does that actually require? And what advice would you have them as they begin knocking that first door to complete this journey of a golden door? Yeah, my final advice is this. You put the result above everything else. And the reason why is this, if you if you just say, oh, I'm gonna focus on giving 100% every day and then see what happens. I'm gonna focus on my work ethic and I'll, I'll put in all the right inputs. That's great, you'll do really well but you will eventually hit what you think quote unquote think is your hundred percent on the flip side. When you focus on the goal, the result, whatever you're trying to achieve, and that's the only thing that matters, you actually give yourself a chance to push past what that hypothetical 100% is for yourself. I think of the example of the iron cowboy who we listened to last week. If he had gone into that goal of a, a hundred and a hundred and one triathlons that he did iron he, man's iron man's yeah crazy if he had just gone in and said hey i'm just gonna give everything i've got and see how many i can do well i'll bet you anything by the time that he broke his back after getting hit by a car on iron man number 60 he probably would have told himself man i've given it everything i've broken my back and he would have hit that hypothetical wall that glass ceiling but he was focused on a hundred and it didn't matter that he broke his back. It didn't matter any anything else. And it, and it actually gave him the opportunity to push past what he thought was his 100%. David Goggins also talked about it in his first book where when you think you're at 100%, you're really only at about 40% of what you can actually do. So if you think you're giving 100%, yeah, you'll stop short. You have to just get crystal clear and focused, laser pinpoint focused on what you actually want. And that's what gives you a chance to actually push past what you think you're capable of. So that's my advice challenge is don't put the obstacles in front of what you want. Don't even just focus on the work or the effort that you're putting in. Focus so hard on what you're trying to achieve that literally nothing else is acceptable and it'll actually push you past what you think you can do. Oh, so good. Yeah. Parker, I'm just going to ask you the same thing. What advice would you leave to the people that are starting this journey? Yeah. Um, two quick things. The first one is this. You got to have a long-term vision 
and short-term memory. Dude, all the best at whatever they do have bad days, bad weeks, bad months, but they, they maintain that vision of what they want and they forget about the things like, dude, having a bad day, which you'll have, it doesn't define you. It doesn't ruin your summer, right? Like, dude, I, I have had summers where I've had amazing summers and bageled multiple times, right? So again, maintain a long-term vision and a short-term memory. Um, the second thing is just kind of the, the theme of everything that we're talking about is, dude, what do you actually want? I hear guys that say they want to, you know, sell a golden door, but then they're like, well, I want to be ahead of this guy. Well, it's like, dude, do you want to be the number one rep or do you want to sell a golden door? Cause those are two different things. If the goal is to be the number one rep, you're going to go. And for sure, a golden door, getting a golden door, you're not close to the no. number one rep. No. I mean, I got a golden door and I was number seven, so didn't even put me close. Um, but that's not what I wanted. I didn't want to be the number one rep. I wanted a golden door. So when you understand what you want, nothing else around you matters, dude. It is for everyone going out this summer. Your goal is you versus you, unless your goal is to like be the top rookie or the top vet or the top, you know, rep in the company. Cause again, if the goal is to be the top rep, then that's what you're competing against every day. You're fighting to be the very, very top. But dude, if your goal is to do a golden door, then it doesn't matter what anyone does around you. Cause that's not your goal. Your goal is to hit a golden door. And this yeah. is to people that aren't selling golden doors. Maybe your goal is 200 K 300 K be very, very careful about defining what you want. Cause you'll probably get it right. So step one, short-term uh, memory, long-term vision. Step two is when you understand what that long-term vision is, be very clear and understand what that actually is that you want and what it takes and, and what it takes. And then don't be afraid, dude. No, no greatness happens overnight. It's a process. Parker Skyler, Josh, so these what, guys what are good pretty hour. good then. Yeah, yeah, they, they get yeah, it. Yeah, these guys get it. You guys take this podcast. This was one that hopefully you're driving out. Hopefully you can put this thing on repeat. Listen to it a couple times on your drive. If you cut some far drives. Uh, it was awesome having Josh on. We might have to replace me for Josh, which Josh and Easton running the show. But you guys. I'll tell you so, what, Garth. So good. I refuse. Yeah. <laughs> you guys love you. Uh, we'll get ready for next Skyler week. Parker, thank you. Yeah, uh, we're exactly. excited to see the leadership and influence that you guys have on your reps and the company yep. in a completely different dynamic. And we're, we're a million percent confident 100%. that it will be as good as it always is. So thank and, you. And to those of you at the grit, reach out to us, dude. There's a lot of times I hear these podcasts and think, dude, I wish I could talk to that guy. Dude, reach out talk to us. Te- text we, Parker we, every morning at 6 a.m. His phone number is not. No. But we'd love, to, we'd love to help everyone, right? Um, talk more about these principles, help you along your journey. Because, dude, Last thing I'll say is it takes a village, and we want want to be part of your village. We're there. We are your villagers. As for this episode of Landing Pad, ladies and gentlemen, we out. Mission, let the birds fly. I get money, turn no vision through my third eye. Money, then they kill it, watch me flip it like it's five guys. Running right there, don't check out the ceiling, look at the blue sky. I took a tip, check, yeah, we can sit on my neck. I don't regret, yeah, I'm better than I don't got a debt. You crawl for you wall, you can't ball, let me win. All my dogs, I know all.